The following WSFI, 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, special presentation, features a panel discussion of sports and faith with former NFL player Danny Abramowitz and former All-American basketball player Father John Smith. Moderated by Patrick McCaskey, board member and senior director of special projects for the Chicago Bears and chairman of Sports Faith International and WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. The panel was recorded as part of the monthly Chicago Legatus Chapters Forum on May 26, 2016. Legatus is Latin for ambassador, as in ambassador for Christ. It is an organization of Catholic business leaders that study the most profound religious knowledge in the history of human thought and live the teachings of Christ and the Church to help its members become eminently pragmatic about their faith and spread the gospel through good example, good deeds, and high ethical standards. Well, we're going to get going here with our uh, panel discussion. I'm going to let Pat do the introductions, but I'm going to introduce Pat. So Pat is the Senior Director of the Chicago Bears and Chairman of Sports Faith International, which recognizes athletes who lead exemplary lives. We're very blessed tonight to have two members of that Hall of Fame, Father John Smith and Danny Abramowitz. Pat is also the Chairman of the Catholic Radio Station WSFI 88.5 FM, if anybody's looking for that on their dial. I think it works better up north, right? Yes, in Lake County. Lake County. There you go. So put that on your dial. So anyway, with that, I'll let Pat do the, uh, do the honors here. Thank you, Ben. I voted for you. <laughs> I won one of one. <laughs> Danny Abramowitz was born July 13, 1945, in Steubenville, Ohio. He attended Catholic Central High School there. He was a three-year letterman at Xavier University in Cincinnati, and he is a member of the School Sports Hall of Fame. In 1967, Danny was the 17th round and final round draft choice of the expansion team New Orleans Saints. He played seven seasons for the Saints and two seasons for the San Francisco 49ers. Danny has been an analyst for Saints radio game broadcasts and a football coach for Jesuit High School. From 1992 through 1996, he was the Chicago Bears special teams coach. Then he was the Saints offensive coordinator for two seasons. Danny is the author of the book, Spiritual Workout of a Former Saint. He is a host of Crossing the Goal on the Catholic television network, EWTN. The program features a sports show format to encourage Catholic men to get into spiritual shape. In addition to his television work, Danny speaks about his life in sports and faith across the country. His story is a powerful witness to faith. In 2008, he was inducted into the Sports Faith Hall of Fame. Father Smith was born in Chicago, where he attended DePaul Academy. A former All-American basketball player at the University of Notre Dame, he was a first-round draft choice of the St. Louis Hawks, now Atlanta Hawks professional basketball team. 
After a season with the Hawks and the Harlem Globetrotters, Father Smith elected to forego a professional basketball career and entered the seminary instead. Upon his ordination in 1962, he was assigned to Maryville Academy. In July 2005, Father Smith established the Standing Tall Charitable Foundation to provide educational and vocational training scholarships and to issue monetary awards to institutions whose purposes coincide with and further the foundation's mission with emphasis on assisting those most at risk and in need. The name and logo were inspired by a sentiment expressed by Father Smith for many years. No person stands so tall as the one who stoops to help a child. Father Smith has been the executive director of Maryville Academy and the president of Notre Dame College Prep in Niles, Illinois. In 2009, Sports Faith International inducted Father Smith into the Sports Faith Hall of Fame. Sports Faith also created the Father Smith Award in honor of the man whose life bears testimony to the world-changing power of combining the virtues and influence of sports with mountain-moving faith. This honor is awarded to an outstanding Catholic athlete or coach interested in pursuing a religious vocation. Danny, why don't you uh, get us started with uh, your impression of how sports and faith are combined. It's not only sports and faith, it's every, every occupation. We just don't go to Mass on Sunday and then walk out. We're supposed to take the faith out into whatever we do, beginning with our own families and out, whether mine happened to be in the sports arena, because I was brought up in that, and that's how I got a scholarship to college. But I went off the deep end. I was brought up the right way, and then I went astray. But I look back, and, and Father and I were talking about uh, the Lord speaks not directly to us a lot of times, but through other people. And I remember a couple guys, one guy I played with, Jake Cup. we used to make fun of him because he was doing the right one. I was the fool. He was the right guy. And even though I made fun and stuff, I saw something in him because I was good. I was just doing bad things. Uh, and I knew what I was doing, and my wife hung in there with me all that time. In fact, we'll be married 50 years in, in August the 20th this year. What a saint. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, the sports got me into the glory part of it, and what happens if you're not mature enough, you get caught up into the world. And it doesn't have to only be in sports. It can be in whatever you're doing in life. And then I had other men that mentored me. Danny, you're off base. And uh, they sort of took me under their wing, sent me to AA first. I had to get that straight first. And then I start walking a walk through the Catholic Charismatic Renewal and then changed my life. And uh, I became, after I'm jumping ahead because my story's pretty long, uh, I became the head football coach at Jesuit High School in my late 40s after I'd been in the business world after uh, playing professional football. And uh, I got a phone call one day from the Chicago Bears 
and they said, uh, would you do the chapel service? And I said, well, I, I coach in high school, you got to do everything, drive the bus, do whatever. So I said, I don't know if I can do it. They all come on, do it. So um, I said, okay, I'll go over there, I'll just do it, and then I'll leave and come back to school and not worry about it. The coach of the Bears at that time was a guy named Mike Dick. I think you all know him. Well, Mike and I were competitors on the football field and friends uh, in the wrong way a lot of times with this uh, in our life. So uh, I was in the chapel service, and in walks Mike. The most shocked guy in the world was Mike seeing that I was going to be doing a chapel service. <laughs> and the most shocked guy in the world was me seeing Mike coming to the chapel service. <laughs> a year later, I came to the Chicago Bears, and um, I think that Mike and I, a combination of living our faith off the field and on the field uh, with these athletes at professional levels, the highest and probably the hardest to live your faith in is out here in the professional sports arena. But guys, what happened is if we're not afraid to step out, because what happened, once the Lord touched my heart, see our hearts and our, our, our ministry crossing the goal, our aim and objective is to touch men's hearts until your heart's touched. Until my heart was touched, that I made Jesus Christ number one in my life, I was a lost ball in high weeds. But my wife saw the good in me and her and her prayer sisters was praying for me. So when I flipped, the thing that got me into pro football because I was the last round draft choice, they were trying to figure out ways that cut me. But they couldn't look in my heart. I had a determination. So when I flipped, I was full bore for Jesus Christ. And a lot of my buddies that I played ball with says, Danny flipped out. And I said, you're right, I did flip out for Jesus Christ. But what happened is, Guess who they came to see after they got in trouble? Danny, we noticed you've changed. What's the difference? Oh, do I love that one. As soon as they step into that one, and then uh, I ministered to them because I could understand I had been where they were and could relate that way to them. And uh, two other, another guy that uh, I had a lot of respect for because mine was dramatic. You know, I went here, lost ball in high weeds, went back up, went over here. Roger Staubach, I think you guys know him. Roger and I had a chance to visit. We were finished playing pro football, and we were in a competition, like a seniors competition. We had a chance to be together. And we started talking about our faith a little bit. And I told him uh, that he was an amazing person. Because at Xavier University, I can remember coming back to the dorm. Now think about it. Roger Staubach was a, a Heisman Trophy winner. Now think, I was a junior at Xavier University, and walk, come back in my room, and guess who's sitting on my bed with a bunch of guys around? Roger Staubach. I mean, it likely blew me away. And then we got into pros and played that, and we were that day at, we were having this meeting, and I told Roger, I said, you know something, Roger. There's one thing about him, and Archie Manning falls in this category, not quite as but, but pretty close. Even keel. Roger's always been solid, always with the faith. He's not boldly proclaiming it out here, but he, how he lives his life, that you know where he stands. You know where Archie Manning and you know the Eli and Peyton, where they stand. That's why people, the respect, of the, if you ever get a chance, see, go to ESPN, see the book of Manning. And I'm going to finish with this. 
uh, what I am going to be 72 here. I have more fire in me now, and we need to get fired up, guys. The battle's on out here. If you can't see that this world's nuts right now, then something's wrong with you. It's going to change as men. The number one problem in the Catholic Church is male spirituality. Until we get that right, we're going to go around. And uh, what was I going to finish with? Um, I'll come back later with you. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Father Smith, the same question for you. How are sports and faith uh, combined? Well, I, I, I didn't have a wife like Danny did. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but um, it, it came you know, a different way. I, when I was younger, I was probably um, as mixed up as anybody else. But at Notre Dame, I loved, uh, there's no question I loved Notre Dame. I loved playing the football there. I loved playing basketball there. I still hold a record at Notre Dame. It's going to live forever. <laughs> it is. I did it in three years. They have now four years to catch me. They can't catch me. I've committed more fouls than anybody in Notre Dame history. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's going to stand. <laughs> I'm, when you get to a certain age, any record you make is good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was no question. I was decided I was going to go basketball pro after playing with the Harlem Goldtrotters or against the Harlem Goldtrotters for a while. And I was going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. It was St. Louis Hawks then. Now it's Atlanta Hawks. And um, I was very gung-ho to go because I thought, hey, that's, that's my dream. I, you know, everybody wants to be in the NBA or, or National Football League and, and do it. And uh, they offered me money. It was chump change. I mean, it was just like today. Uh, in my day, it was a... It was decent money in my day, but uh, nothing compared to what it is today. Um, but um, still, again, when I was walking into the, um, the room, the, the general manager of the Atlanta Hawks, he called me about 40 times. And he said, now you're going to come there, you're going to come there. And I said, yeah, well, I'll be there, I'll be there. I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. And 40 of I'll be there, I'll be there. And then I got there, and I sat down. And I saw everybody in the room, and I said, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and, but I said, I said 40 times, I'll be here. So I said, but I never said I'd sign it. So I took that pencil, I looked at it, and I said, and I know who I blame, I thank God. And when I say blame, I mean the credit goes to the, ble the Blessed Mother. She wanted me not to sign. And in some way, she pulled and pulled and pulled me. And I looked at it, and I said, I'm not going to sign. I said, by the way, I, I came here. Like I said, I promised would. I put the pen down. I said, and I'll be back. I'll call you, and I'll come back and sign. Well, I walked out, and I didn't sign. And I thank God I didn't, because I became a priest after that. And I went into the priesthood. I thought it was going to be very easy going in the priesthood. It was very difficult for me because in those days, the intelligence of the church taught everything in Latin. <laughs> I didn't know one word of Latin. Uh, Nescio was, I don't know. 
that's you. I don't know. Well, I hung in there and hung in there, and with a little smile and this and that, I, I finally got to the, the, the it was going to be ordained. And the news came back and said, you're not going to be ordained. You can't be ordained. You're an idiot. <laughs> and I agreed with them. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I said, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. I says, what, what's going to happen? He says, you have to stay here. You, you, you can't be ordained because you don't know enough about it. And you don't know Latin. I said, no, that's true. I don't know Latin. But you knew that four years ago. Why didn't you tell me then? And they're, they're slow thinkers. They've administrated the church. And... Uh, so um, I hung in there, and lo and behold, that night, I got a phone call, and it came from the head of the seminary. And he says, John? I said, yes. He says, we're going to ordain you. I said, you're going to do what? He says, we're going to ordain you tomorrow. I said, you mean, you mean, I'm going to walk, yeah, I could go and get ordained. I said, everybody thinks I'm not getting ordained, I'll surprise them. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get ordained. He said, but you got to come back in the summertime and you got to learn Latin. <laughs> well, I thought of it, you know, this, this, this is a pretty permanent job, <laughs> being a priest. And I said, if I get ordained, then I'll think about the summertime. So anyway, I went through, I walked through, I got ordained, walked down, and they said, now, when are you going to come back to the summertime? I'm never going to come back summertime. <laughs> when, and they sent me to Maryville that day, 28th of July, uh, June, or 28th of July. I uh, know, uh, yeah, June, uh, right after my ordination. And I was there ever since. I'm still there. And I'm one of the longest, uh, I think there's three priests in the archdiocese that has stayed in one assignment. I think it's three. I'm one, I'll say about I'm one. And uh, I enjoyed it, even though Cardinal Cody says, sink or swim, you're on your own, we're gonna kick you or close Maryville in the ear. And I like Cardinal Cody. I mean, I, 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 he's the type of guy that you could talk to. He would say, now sit down. And he says, it's no. <laughs> I said, well, 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 I thought we were gonna talk. I said, it's no. I said, well, I'm gonna say it's yes. An hour later, I'm saying yes, he's saying no. He always won, but at least he, he listened to me. <laughs> and, and, um, and I made it. And, uh, it was very difficult in the seminary. I didn't understand the 90% of things they were trying to say because I didn't understand it. And when I got out, uh, I enjoyed Maryville, uh, bringing the family. And it really made an essence of how important family is when you work at a place called Maryville. I mean, there's kids that come there, they don't know what their mother is, they don't know who their father is, they, uh, and they adopt me as their mother, their father, their parent, and it gets to be very, very difficult, but very, very rewarding, and it's an unbelievable assignment. And I enjoyed it ever since, and I thank God that the Blessed Mother came by because she took that pen out of my hand and she was going to stick it in my heart. I was afraid, so I just dropped it and said, I'll be back. Well, I never went back, um, and I never signed it. And I was happy I didn't do it. And I grew, you know, as a man, I guess, in many ways with my faith, going into the priesthood. I think the wonder of the, of the church and there's no question I, 
I don't have a, a fine love with the um, administration of the church uh, on there because I'm, I'm, as Father Conway said, I'm a loose cannonball, and uh, and I probably am. But the faith in the church is unbelievable. And if you don't say, I'm not going to go to church because I don't like that priest, don't be so small. Look at the priests. Look at the sacraments. Look at what our Lord Jesus Christ gave us. And I don't know, I don't deserve it, and maybe you don't deserve it either, but he gave it to all of us. All of us to say, hey, these are yours. You can have them. You can grow with them. You can uh, gain peace with them. You can become a stronger person with them. Live with the sacraments. Walk with the sacraments and talk with the sacraments. And then, of course, the rest of the church is fantastic and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And every year I grew stronger in my faith. I've enjoyed it immensely. I've been, I think I'm 53 years of priesthood this coming June, end of, end of May. Um, and uh, I, um, I hope I have about 10 more to give to the church, or 20. I like 30, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> and so that I hand it to uh, the people that I, I serve. I hope I've done a credible job. Uh, I, money, there's no question, was referred to me. It seemed like I had a, some kind of a questionable talent, that I was a fairly good fundraiser, and I was a fundraiser. One of the things that always got me in trouble in church was that if you or you or you or anybody in this room said, I'm giving this money to you so to give it to the children, well, I believe that it should go to the children. So I put it into bank and it went to the children and the program and everything else. The church wanted me to put it downtown where I had no control over. I said, I can't do that. I can't ask for people like that and say, I'm giving it to the children at Maryville, but I, I'll give it to the people downtown. And that lasted for several years until they wanted that $155 million, and that moved me out of Maryville. And now I'm here, and I'm Father. I said, he's my boss. I brought the, 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 the statue or the uh, adoration of our, our Lady of Guadalupe, and he's in charge of it. He's going to do a wonderful job, a fantastic job. I think he's going to make uh, that aspect of Maryville extremely important. It's going to be a history-making thing. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work, but it's going to be done. And I hope I can pray and, and help him as much as I can. Uh, if he starts talking Latin, I'll walk away from him. <laughs> God bless you. That's all it is, yes. Thank you, Father. We have some questions from you, and here's one of them. For those of us who have kids or work with kids, how do you think the sports field can help us educate our kids in character and about life? I think it all depends on what level they're, what level they're at. It, it's a coach who will play a major role, and parents. Parents, whether you like it or not, you play the role. Sometimes I get out here and see dads are trying to live their sports life in their kids. Uh, let, let the kids alone. Let, you know, you had your town. You, you know, maybe you, uh, some of these dads think they were a little bit better than they really were. And uh, uh, I think that your actions supporting them, loving them, and not 
belittle them, you know, ah, you played pretty good, but, you know, but that but always, you know, uh, sort of throws them off a little bit. But build them up, tell them they're doing the good things, and, and, and do your faith. You know, is, if you teach them, uh, my grandkids, that's why we moved here to Chicago a little over five years ago. My wife and I, we have three grandsons here, and we have another little guy in Denver. The, the faith is number one. See, we're, we're, we're getting sports out here is number one. And then academics, and then the faith comes down the road somewhere because the dad might not be living the faith, number one. And the studies have shown in a family, if the dad's not doing the faith, more than likely the kids aren't, if the dad is, even though the mom's doing it. Not, the, the, the women are doing their part in this deal. So when the dad gets in there and does that, and what you got to do, what I use, I use sports to get their ear. If I go out there and start telling them about the Jesus and this and that, they're going to close their ear. You got to get them younger. We go to the batting cage. We go over here. They think I'm their, their playmate, which I love. I'm glad I'm still able to do some of the stuff. Then, after we do that, maybe an ice cream cone, then I slide. You know, Jesus is pretty good. Whatever I got to say to get a little message across like that. And a lot of times, I'm not speaking to my grandkids. I'm speaking to my daughter and son and son-in-law and stuff like that. But I'm doing it through the grandkids. Because if they're not the biggest, as I travel around the country, I go all over. I've been speaking for 30-some years, evangelizing Catholic men. And the number one problem of guys my age out here are adult children not practicing their faith because guys our age know that if they're not, the kids aren't going to. That's why millennials, it's less than 9% millennials are practicing their faith. So how do we change that around? The men's got to change. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Father, uh, same question for you. For those of us who have kids or work with kids, how do you think the sports field can help us educate our kids in character and about life? Uh, I, I think athletics are extremely important in educating the youth. Uh, I agree with Danny, uh, I shouldn't, you shouldn't overexpose your kids in the sports or try and live your life through your own kid. But let them just float to the top with his abilities. If he doesn't have the ability, Still praise him. God bless him. He's out there trying. And I really think that uh, if the, the young boy or girl are out there and they're trying the best they can, they're learning so much about themselves, their abilities, and their limits. And having the courage to say, hey, when I get knocked down and I'm on the ground, I've got courage to get up. And it's a good life, a lesson in life to learn that. And uh, just... Uh, and keep backing them, keep supporting them, keep them saying everything they do, they're going to learn something. And yes, they're going to be on that field, and so they're always going to meet somebody that's stronger, bigger, better than they are. But it doesn't mean they have to quit. They can try the best they can. And if they keep trying, that's when they become better men, better women, and they'll face life in a stronger way. I think it, uh, sports is extremely important. And when you bring the sports together with faith, faith of their religion to so the children and the parents have to live it both, male and female, mother, father, and live it and teach their children 
how to be a, a good person in faith, a good person in athletics, then you're going to win her. You have a winner. God bless you. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Here's another question from one of you. Can you tell us about some of the inspiring people that you've met during your career? I think I mentioned, you know, Roger Staubach, of course, Archie Manning. I played with Archie Manning, um, Jake Cup, the guys I, I, I told you about. Uh, Mike Dick in his own way. Uh, there's multiple guys that uh, can affect you uh, positively or negatively. One of the things I remembered that I was going to say to you, what, what, when I went through my tough times, uh, I was, my mom and dad were wonderful Catholics. It was all in Latin, like you said, Father, back in those days, I was an altar boy, you had to say all the prayers. I went to Catholic education all the way through college. I, when I started going off the deep end in college and then proceeded my faith, I practiced my faith, even though a lot of times I, didn't, I was just there. Even when I was in the pros and was crazy, I was there, sometimes hung over and everything else. But as I look back, I can remember no one, no, not my parents, no priest, no education, no one told me, Danny, do you know Jesus Christ in your life? No one. I vowed that once my life turned around, that would never happen with me. Because there's a scripture passage that says, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my heavenly Father. If you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my heavenly Father. He's not going to get me on that one. He's going to get me a lot of other ones, but not that one. <laughs> and it starts with your family first. And see, we're afraid as men a lot of times to, to talk faith with our own wife and kids. Scared. To, to bring it up, to pray with one another as a husband and wife. We worry about the kids, don't we? A lot of things, pray with them. And uh, I, I think that you can have an example when they see that. And when you stand up as, as a coach, even with the Bears, it was difficult for me a lot of times to do that. But I said, hey, let's say a prayer. Okay, coach. I never had no one tell me no. There's some pretty rough characters in there. But it's just what you got to do. You've got to stand up. You've got to believe it in your heart and know the, what is, what's at stake. The salvation of souls. That's what I'm here tonight for salvation of souls. If I can influence one dad, one mom here to go back, love one another. Tell, when's the last time, guys, in this room, you went up and told your wife how much you loved them, how much you appreciate them? Not very hard. Try it. You'll see what happens. Watch the smile come on their face. Thank you, Danny. Father, can you tell us about some of the inspiring people that you've met during your career? Yeah, one guy that pops into my mind very, very quickly is uh, Pitchin' Paul Horning. Oh, he was. <laughs> everybody says he was a character. He was. He was arrogant. He was. But a water ball player. At the Green Bay Packers, he. He just electrified himself. Um, what he couldn't do is he couldn't punt. Uh, <laughs> they had him back there, and he was, he was a terrible punter. But besides that, everything else he was very, very good at. And uh, once you got to know Paul, it was um, a relief 
also an inspiration that he was a type that would go out and help out kids. That everybody saw Paul was just a fancy dancer, one who uh, partied all the time. Well, he didn't party all the time. I, I was his roommate on the field when he played basketball. And uh, he, he, he was a very good living young man with a tremendous amount of God-given talent. And when he went to the Green Bay Packers, they found that he wasn't a quarterback because he wasn't a quarterback in the pro ranks. That's a different whole category back there. And, and, but he was a great ball player, and he did very, very well for Green Bay Packers. But he was the one that was outstanding. And I'm glad to say that Pitching Paul, even though he gets picked on quite a bit for a lot of his character, he probably brings it on himself because he was an arrogant young man. But he was still a good person, a solid person, and a faithful person. I'm glad to say he was a faithful person. Thank you, Father. Today, sports is the Lord of life for many young children. Families keep up insane schedules to facilitate their children's participation on the sports teams. Church and mass are a very distant second. Even Catholic schools have Sunday games and practices. How can we get the bishops and pastors and school boards to take Sunday mass participation central to developing the whole life of the athlete? That's a good question, because uh, I see it with my own grandkids and stuff like that and do, do the mass. Um, I think what happens, we're in such a busy world now. Take, for instance, my, my son-in-law and my daughter work. You know, thank God we're here to, to watch and do some of the things. I, I think everyone's running in so many different directions. We don't sit down a lot of times as family. We don't have time to eat a meal together. Everyone's gone. And then when you look at a lot of things out here, it's this. I'll go to dinner and see families out there with teenage girl and boy, mom and dad, nobody's talking or on this. Uh, sports uh, it is important, I think, in the life, but th th we have to sell them on the idea of it is important, but th it's not the most important. The most important is the Lord in their life and the family thing, and that has to come. You, you have to catch them when they're younger. If you wait till they're teenagers, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> tough road to hoe now. But uh, I, th I think that we need to do something in that, that area. And I, I think the NFL could help out a little bit with the football things starting that starts so early. You know, uh, football, 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, already got pregame shows and stuff like that. It goes all day into the night, stuff like that. I think Sunday masses, I mean, Saturday mass, evening masses helped out, and a lot of churches, Sunday mass. But uh, it is a problem. I think it is a problem. I love sports, but I, it is becoming the gospel out here in, in the world, unfortunately. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Father, same question. Same question? Yeah. Uh, my my situation is, uh, no, I, I can remember that much. Having... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Practice on Sunday was against the rules at Maryville. I wouldn't have them play basketball, football or basketball, and or baseball. I don't care what it was. Um, and I was I was a football coach 
at uh, Maryville. And um, it was grammar school and then went to freshman in high school. And um, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, they were extremely, extremely, extremely good. Uh, anybody played the, <coughs> I, uh, I had a pet talk to them. I tell them all the time. I says, you know, I was at uh, visiting this team playing. We we're going to play tomorrow. They called you orphans. Oh, they got, they, no, they, you don't call the kids orphans. I said, Eddie, you're dirty young orphans. Well, they went out there and they played so well. It was unbelievable. It was very simple. <laughs> but they didn't have to pray. They didn't practice on Sunday. I told them very honestly that their ability of playing was measured by how well they pray. And you can tell them that. And they did pray. And a lot of them did pray. A lot of them didn't understand how a prayer could help them become a better, better runner or tackler or harder football player. But I just said, keep doing it and you'll find out. And it can be done. And sports can be a tremendous teacher to youth. But I, even, I don't know what they do now at Maryville, but I don't think they have the, the structure that we had back then. But they were extremely good. They played all freshman team. Eighth graders played all the freshman teams in the whole area. And they, they enjoyed playing the high school kids because they could, they could beat them. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I, so, but they would never play on a Sunday. And that, I, I, that was my rule, you, you, you pray on Sunday. You pray that you're going to play a real good ball game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but not Sunday. If there's a holy day during the week, I might make an exception on that one. <laughs> That's Thank you, Father. And speaking of prayer, would you please close us with prayer? Sure. That's all the questions they have? That's all the time we have. Oh. <laughs> Very good, yeah. Dear Lord, we ask your blessing upon each and every one of us as we gather here. And also, dear Lord, let us see the meaning in the, the, in the football aspects of our lives. There's no way, it's not the most important thing in our lives, but it, many times it is acted to be the most important thing and that we look upon it as extremely important. And we encourage our young people that we have in, in, our, uh, in our charges to do the best they can in football to their God-given talent. If they don't have the, the talent, they can still be out there. Welcome them, dear Lord, and bless everything they do, but don't expect them to be a Superman out there if they're not. And now, dear Lord, bless the food we're about to eat, that we ate and the fun we had and all the questions we had and solved the whole problems of the world. And bless <laughs> our, ourselves and our families. Amen. Amen. And Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to this WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio special presentation. For more information, or to make a donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Visit wsficatholicradio.org. That's wsficatholicradio.org. Or call 224-206-8453.
224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455.